Welcome to the River City Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message delivered by Pastor Chris Nelson. Uh, I'm just going to get you woke up a little bit. I, I woke up this morning and I usually start my day by saying, uh, Lord, thank you for another beautiful day. And then I went outside this morning after I prayed that and I looked outside and I just went. Okay, well, I guess uh, <laughs> it is a dreary day out there today, but that's all right. We need the rain and we need it, need it for the fertility of the soils and such. And so, hey, look at the person next to you real quick. Tell them, hey, you look great this morning. Now, follow that with you look like you lost a couple pounds. If that was your wife, I'm sorry about the fight you are about to have on the way home. It's going to be fun. Hey, guys, if it's your first time here at River City, welcome to River City. Can we let them know how much we love that they're here to worship with us today? Man, the, the reports have come in this week. We have people sick all over the place this week and, and people missing this morning for sickness. My kids, I, we, we, we got a little sickness running around our house. Uh, one of them woke up yesterday sick and by last night. Two of them are sick and I think three of them are sick by this morning. So uh, uh, hopefully I don't get sick this week, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. So we, we know that's going on. We're going to keep praying for people and we've had an awesome first service today and we're getting ready to go into some fun times and for the next couple of weeks, we're not in a series, and the reason we're not in a series is because uh, this week and next week, we're kind of preparing the way. Uh, we have a man coming in to speak into this church, and I'm pretty pumped about it. And then so, uh, some people may say you need to warn the church about it. I'm not warning you about it. I'm trying to build your excitement for it. All right, we believe in the prophetic here, and we allow God to move. We, we, and, we, we, and, and I'm just telling you this morning, if you're uncomfortable with that, give it a chance. Give it a chance because God still moves. Uh, and, and anyone that tells you that God does not move in that way in the earth anymore, to ask them to show you Bible for that because there's not Bible for that. Uh, the prophetic still works today. It's alive and well. God still moves. His Holy Spirit is still moving throughout this earth. And uh, about once a year, someone who's been a mentor in my life, who's been a great speaker, a great voice in this church, Morton Bustard comes. And uh, we're looking forward to in two weeks. He'll be with us. So this week, start, kind of starting to build that preparation and our mindset into what God's about to do in the next couple of weeks. Um, we were going to start a love series and talk about love and all that kind of stuff, but I just, as we prayed more about it, I just feel like that's just not where our church is right now. God is trying to do something in this church. He's trying to prepare the way for something big, and we're kind of in a no-God season right now where it's, it's kind of one of those points where we're getting close to God and letting God move in our lives. There's no handouts right now, and if you if you, if you got a problem with that, I, take it up with me. I'm sorry. I didn't give you a handout today. I do apologize. But right now, we're focusing in on, on this. Hey, listen today. Listen to the word that's being spoken. If you want to jot down a few notes, I'll, I have a few points for you to take. If you want to take those, if you want to throw down the, uh, throw down the scriptures along with that, you can do it. But I kind of want to prepare you a little bit for what's about to go over the, on the next few weeks and prepare you for the rest of the year. Y'all cool with that? Now, there's one thing I believe in. It's, it's preparation. And, and I know it's kind of, a, like I said, it's a dreary day outside, but we still want to focus in on what God's doing this morning. And I believe God's about to do some great things today. Do you believe God can do anything? That's the question. Come on, let me hear you if you believe that. We're trying to prepare a lot of things behind, the, behind closed doors as far as 
far as our system goes and our church goes and the organization things, we really are starting to get, uh, get small in the mindset of we're trying to train people and get them ready because I believe God's getting ready to do, a, I believe increase is coming to this church and not just to this church. I believe the kingdom of God is about to see increase like never before. And, and what it is, all the crazy things going on around the world right now, I can tell you right now, that's when people start calling on the name of Jesus and start flooding into the church house. And I'm ready for that. Uh, one more thing, and I want to hit this before I get into the message today, is small groups start this week. Everybody say, small groups. All right. Who's, got, who, who, who's, who's been in a small group? Let me hear you if you've been in one before. Yeah. So, so we do do show of hands and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, we're kind of rowdy. This is a Texas church, and so we, we like to get, yeah, you hear us coming when we're coming. So, uh, and, and we, so, so I saw, so I said, who here likes small groups? And some people raise their hands, and the rest of you just, yeah, yeah. That's our kind of church right there. <laughs> and so, guys, we're starting into small groups this week, and we're pretty pumped about it. We got about 14 groups that you can join. And uh, I, I want to explain something real quick. We also have three campus groups on Wednesday nights. And we keep those going, and we only keep, up, we'll only keep about three to five any given semester. And the reason why is because we don't want you to get stuck in a mindset that I can only learn or I can only grow in God if I'm in these walls right here. That ain't true. Okay, you're the church. Everybody say, I the church. Uh, somebody said, I'm the church, and you said it wrong. I said, I the church, okay? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm the church, man. I, I am the church. The Bible tells me that with us together, we are the body of Christ. I, I myself, let, let me say something. I myself am not the, not the body of Christ, but we are the body of Christ. If I say I'm the body of Christ, I'm saying I'm Jesus, and I'm my own Lord, and I, I'm not. But when I'm together with the body, I become a part of the body of Christ. I become a, a, a body part in that body. And that's why you need to be in a small group, because we believe in growing larger and growing smaller at the same time. Uh, you don't want to go with, to church with people that you don't know. And so that, that's one of our big things. We want you to know the people you go to. So campus groups, we have those so that you can kind of increase your biblical understanding. There's, there, there's, there's one kind of campus group called a freedom group. It's an awesome group. My mom runs that one. Mom, going to give them a wave over there. There you go. That's my mom right there. That's uh, Pastor S. Cindy Nelson. That's senior pastor wife right there. And so she runs a freedom group, and it's, they have a great time there. And I know every time you say freedom, people think that must be for, like, drug addicts and all that kind of stuff. It, it really, it, it, it's not just for that. It's not really at all really what it even talks about when you start digging into it. I think we're in the process right now of starting to celebrate recovery over the next couple semesters and some people getting into training, getting ready to go. We're going to have something just for that to help you out on a separate night of the week just for people going through that. But uh, I, in a way, you could say drug addicts, freedom group is for it, because religious people sometimes are drug addicts. You know what that means? That means they got drugged to church every Sunday by their family. And all, they, and all they know is they're getting drugged to church. You ain't got a choice. That's how I was. And, uh, but you know what? Over time, it's got to become more than religion. It's got to become a relationship. And that's what Freedom Group focuses on, who you are in Christ Jesus. And when I realize who I am in Christ Jesus, I can do the right thing. Man, I'm about to embarrass somebody because I just realized somebody was sitting in the room right now. One of my favorite people on this planet, Tevin James. Give it up for my buddy right here. Look at him. He's uh, all... <laughs> Moved away, moved to Austin on us, but it's good to see him. I just realized he was in the room, and that, that made me excited. Sorry, I just chased that rabbit. <laughs> Shoot that rabbit. All right, let's move on. So anyways, the Freedom Group, we have that on campus. We also have another one off campus you can sign up for. I'm spending a little minute here because I want to kind of build your, 
excitement for where you can. You can grow in your identity in Christ Jesus. That's what it focuses on. The next group we have is the Bible Made Simple. Anybody here ever open the Bible and you're like, dude, I don't even know where to start. Raise your hand. Let me, let me see where y'all at. Now, my Texans, let me hear you if you're one of those people. No, there you go. That's just some honesty. Some people feel that sometimes. I don't really know. I don't know where to start. And um, Well, explore, uh, Bible Made Simple is a good place to start at. We'll help you get through the Word. And uh, we don't help you, we help you. I don't know if you heard that, but anyways, uh, we'll, we'll help you get through the Word and learn some things that you need to learn in the Word. And then our, our next one is exploring God's Word. And that was taught by, that, that, that Bible Made Simple is taught by Philip Anderson. He's a guy here who leads services on Sunday, does a great job. And then Terrell Wooden teaches uh, exploring God's Word. And these, all these guys are great teachers. If you've ever been in one of their classes, let me hear you. Y'all, can y'all give it up for those guys? They're awesome. And these guys are some of the leadership of our church with leading in the teaching and preaching of God's word in our church. And so uh, you want to be a part of it. But we only do a few of those because after you learn those things, here's the big deal right here. We only do a few so that you will be forced to step out. Everybody say step out. And let God use you with the head knowledge you've been given to ultimately make a difference in others' lives around you. I can get religious if I just come to church on Sundays and I learn all this stuff if I never learn to walk out those things when I walk out of these four walls, we're just building religious people, and that's not what we're called to do here at River City. What we're looking for, we're looking to disciple people into the leaders that God has called them to be. I want you to take your finger, put it up like that right there, and then I want you to point it right there in your own chest and say, God's called me to lead. He's called you to minister every member a minister we believe that here and it's something we've really begun after 96 years of this church being in this city we've kind of changed gears a little bit and we're going into unfamiliar territory and today I want to focus on braving the unknown and I just spent 10 minutes there but I'm only going to take about 25 minutes preaching the rest of this uh, this message today braving the unknown why do I need to why do I need to I don't know about getting in a small group Chris because I, I don't know them people over there. I don't know anybody here. That's exactly why you need to get in a small group. God did not call you to do this thing by yourself. And that's exactly why you need to do that. But right now I want to focus on this. You are called to something that is beyond what you're living. And I guarantee, I, I can almost guarantee it. Because most people are not living to the full potential that God has called them to. There's a lot of people sitting in this room right now, you have calling in the kingdom of God, and what you think is, you think calling means that you got to be a preacher, or, or you got to be in the worship team, or you got to do some sort of ministry thing at church, but no, God's calling will call you to minister where you're at right now. And if you're not making a difference where you're at right now, you're probably not living in the calling that God's put on your life. And today, I want to I I challenge you a little bit to step out into the uncomfortable zones uh, of, of, of trusting God. Isaiah 43 and 18 reads like this. It says, For, forget the former things and do not dwell in the past. He's saying, get over it. This is the prophet Isaiah saying, you get over it, move on. A lot of us get stuck in yesterday, and a lot of religious people, we think it's got to be an old way in order for me to get any experience from God. There's this song my wife sent to me the other day. It's called History by Mavericks Worship. It'll, if, you look, if you follow our River City uh, playlist on iTunes, it'll, it's probably on there if you want to go look at it. She's thrown that in. And the lines is, you and me, we got, you and I, we have history. Speaking of God, right? And he's saying, we go way, way back. And a lot of us, what we need to realize, we need to hold on to the relationship 
that we historically have with God, but a lot of times what we, what we want, we want the circumstances to be exactly the same so that I'll be familiar this time when God tr- starts trying to do what he's trying to do. I don't know if that makes sense. I'll try to put it another way. A lot of times we want God or we want people or we want leaders to set everything up for us just right, and then I'll take a step because I'm familiar with it. God's calling us to a place that is unfamiliar and it's unknown. Come on, I don't know about you, but that excites me when I start thinking about that. Anybody here get tired of the mundane? Some of you are like, no, I love the mundane because I can control the mundane. We call that, you, you've got, you, you have the gift of control. God bless you for that. But a lot of, a lot of people, we, we want to control all the circumstances. We want to know exactly how everything's going to look before I step out into things. And we've just gone through 21 days of prayer. And we didn't just come through 21 days of prayer and God do great things to just go back to the mundane. And that's why this morning I'm here to tell you we need to come out of that 21 days of prayer and out of that fasting period and step into the things that are unknown. Come on. God has empowered you through his spirit, through that time of prayer and closeness with him to step out with a, with, with a zeal and with a boldness into areas you've never been before. I mean, could you imagine if we served a God? who did great things, and we, God, well, that was good right there. And then we just turned around and walked right back to the life that we were living and stood right back in that mundane place where we were going nowhere. I'm going to ask you right now, how many of you are really, really happy with your life right now? There might be some people in the room that say, oh, I'm great with life. Really, are you? Are you, have you, have you, have you completed goals that you've set in life? And here's a question I have for you. Have you even asked God what his goals are for your life? Because one thing I learned a long time ago, I didn't want to be a preacher. And one thing I learned is when I gave it to God and I let him begin to move in my life, he changed my outlook on everything. And to this day, I can tell you right now, I'm totally fine with, I looked at, I pray every day when I get up, God, forgive me for ever walking away from what you called me to do because it is an honor and it's a blessing. I don't deserve it. And I'm telling you right now, every person in this room can live a life that you don't deserve if you choose to follow God and do it his way. All of us, I, I say this all the time, I deserve hell. Now come on, I, I, I know it sounds pretty rude right now, but I deserve hell. I really do. If you really knew all the story on me, some of you would blush and clutch your pearls. You really would. I've sat with people before, and they've been, been complaining about something. My, you know, this is something we do to God all the time. We complain, and we focus on the past. I had someone come in here a while back. I'm going to finish that scripture. Don't worry. Don't get focused on that. We're getting back there. But we had somebody come in here a while back, and they walked in, and they started bringing up. They hadn't been to church in about two years, and they started bringing up stuff from two years ago. We change our church name and move forward in a new direction. Well, not new, I say on God's path for our life. About a year and a half ago, as a matter of fact, today celebrates one year that we've been having two services here at 9 and 11. We've already made it a year. Look at that. And we're starting to see that we're starting to see on some mornings as many people in the first service as we're seeing in the second service. And we're start, that's exciting. It's exciting to see that go on. But they come in, they started complaining about stuff in the past. I finally looked at them and I said, man, look around you. And he looked around and I said, you know who that person is? He said, nope. Cool. You know who that person is? No. Cool. You know who that person is? No. 
I said, where you're living at, we done moved on from that, friend. You bringing up old news, and, and you're, so, you're so yesterday. You're so 2000 and late, kid. Bruh, we moved on. That ain't even, I'm not looking, I ain't worried about what was happening and what, and where, I, where I was raised at, it was what was happening. That's <laughs> how they said, I'm not focused on what was, because God has brought me away from that. He's brought this church away on through some battles, on through some trials and some tribulations. And now I'm, I'm standing on what he's called me to do, and I'm not afraid to step into the unknown. You ought not be afraid. But as long as all I do is bring complaint to God, my dad had a nanny when he was a little kid. He'd go in there and he'd start whining to her. It's the early 60s. He'd start whining to her about something. He was the youngest, and so his big brother would beat him up sometimes. And he'd go in there and he'd, he'd whine to her about everything. And, and she'd look at him and she'd go, she'd go, baby, do I need to make you a sugar tit? Y'all know what that is? That's when you take your cloth and put the sugar in and you, make, you dip it in some warm water and you let them suck on it. My dad, one time he was preaching, he said, that's the problem in here, y'all all sucking on the sugar tits. Jesus, Dad. <laughs> Easy. I know, that sounds a little rough. I get it. But it's the truth. We come to church and what do we do? We, I don't like this. I don't like that. And God said, there look at you going, I don't like you. <laughs> he is. Why? Because I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to live in a new way. I'm calling you to live beyond what you are. And you're stuck on something that somebody said to you. Come on, man. Let's move on. Go up. So he said, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. He said, I'm doing a new thing. You know, people talk about all this, oh, all this new stuff. I don't, I don't like all the new stuff. Let me tell you something. If you can only live in the old stuff, God's moving on from you. He is. There are some things from the past I hold on to. We, we started talking about, we've started talking about some things in our, in our worship team. I said, our style of church and worship is kind of like what, anybody here know what a resto mod car is? Wave at me, man, if y'all know what that is. That's where you take an old car and you basically modernize it, have modern suspension, you got air conditioning. Now you got them with Bluetooth uh, players in them, you got brand new air conditioning in them. You can drive them every day. They just like you're in a new car, but it's an old car. So I, I, said, I said to our worship team, I said, here's a way we could start talking about what our feel is here. We are retro mod church. What does that mean? You know how people used to shout and run the aisles and like do all that kind of stuff? Some of y'all don't, but if you've if you ever been in one of those churches, let me hear you real quick. Y'all out there? Yeah. Hey, that's not Texans, that's Pentecostals. <laughs> Watch out for them, all right? Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's how I was raised. And people do all that kind of stuff. They were so excited because you wouldn't believe what God did for them. If you think my dad acts crazy sometimes, you, you would not believe what God did for him. I've met some of his old friends before, and they just go, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, your dad. <laughs> Whew. That means it was bad. <laughs> and it's, you, you, you don't understand what God's done for these people. And so I want to grasp hold of, 
of that history in the sense of, God, you've done, you and me, we got some history with each other. You've walked me through some bad times. It's because of grasping hold and remembering that that I can hold you in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, this, in this present moment, and I can trust you now. And now that I'm walking into a place that I don't understand and I don't know, I just trust you, God. You've always been there for me. You've never left me. You've never forsaken me. The circumstances and the scenery may change some as we move on as, a ch as the church all over the world, but the fact of the matter is he's still the same God he was yesterday, he's still the same God today, and he's the same God forever. But he says, I'm doing a new thing, though. Listen to him. He says, now it springs up. Do not, do, uh, he said, do you not perceive it? This is a dangerous place to be when you don't perceive what God is doing. This is, this is, this is not good because I can completely miss out on what he's trying to do. And if I get stuck on my own problems, I'm always focused on everything wrong in the world. I, I think I saw, a, I saw a, a, a meme the other day, and it was something Winston Churchill said. Well, at least on Facebook it said Winston Churchill says it. So, if it, hey, it must be true. <laughs> and uh, well, and it, I, I guess it was it said something along the lines of when you set out for a goal, if, if you set out to, to, to achieve something in life, you'll never achieve it as long as you stop and throw rocks at every dog that barks at, at you. Now, a lot of us, we get focused on every little problem. we got to fix it, and sometimes you need to just go, God, in Jesus' name, take the wheel in that situation. God, I, I'm, I'm not going to stop and deal with this right now. Why? Because I'm moving. I'm just, I had a situation here a while back, a couple weeks ago, something come up. Somebody, somebody wanted to confront on something. I looked at and I said, again, here we go, another, another time. You're living yesterday, man. I don't have time for that right now. Here's what I do have time for. If you're willing to step out and let God do something in your life right now, we can move on beyond that if you want to. Come on. And that's how we got, listen, listen to me for a second. That doesn't mean we're not here to help you. That's what small groups are for. We'll help you to get past yesterday's hurts as we move into tomorrow's promise. But listen to this. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, I don't know, when I look around Waco right now, our murder rate just in the last couple weeks has just kind of bumped up some. Have, raise your hand, wave at me if you've heard that lately. We've been seeing a lot of their murders are going up here. We're starting to see some crazy things going. And you know, we're, we're kind of in a wasteland spiritually. The whole world is in a crazy place right now. But this isn't the first time that the world's been like this before. And I'm going to look at that in just a second. But because of what's going on around us, we get focused on circumstances. And when I sit up here on a Sunday and I tell you God wants to do great things in your life, you look around and you, you, you get caught up in the, in the weeds and you're focusing on things that don't matter. And God's sitting there going, hey, hey, right here, right here, come on, focus on me. I want to bring you forward. I want to bring you. And you're going, but, but God, what about this? And God's saying, forget that. But God, what about this? Forget that. It don't matter. But God, it looks like a problem. Yeah. I got it. And we get so focused on all the wrong, and sometimes we, we, we miss out on what God's trying to do, and we, God's calling us to walk into the unknown, and because we don't understand the territory, we balk at it. And we say, no, I'm not, I'm, not really, I'm not really willing to go there. And so when we get up here on Sundays, we start calling, hey, we need people to start small groups. We, we want you to join a small group. We, we, we feel that little feeling of wanting to do it, but then we, we stop and go, no, I, I, don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm really ready for that. Let me tell you something. If we waited around to be ready, we'd be waiting the rest of our lives. I remember one time somebody, somebody asked me, were you ready to have triplets? 
Ha! I was barely, we weren't even ready to have one, much less three. But God always provides. And that's something I can trust in God to do. So, so why don't we like the unknown? And th- these are three, three things. Number one is because, and they're, they're, I'm going to have three sets of threes for you today, if you'll hang with me for a second. But the first thing is it's unclear. We need clarity. Pastor, I'll follow you into that new thing you're trying to do, but you got to get it all planned out so that I, when I get there, it's comfortable. They know what I'm talking about. Now, what if I told you God is calling you to a life of discomfort, but contentment therein? You can live a life where it's uncomfortable, but I can be content, and I can have joy, and I can have peace that he's taking care of these situations. And I believe where God's calling you as individuals in this year 2020, beyond coming out of a time where we just had a Wednesday night service where, my God, we talked about praise and worship, and we're pushing on praise and worship right now. Because if I sit in my seat and I'm like, God, I need you to do great things, and God starts moving his service and people praise and worship, and I'm just sitting there going, I wonder if God's ever looking at you going, really, you need something big in your life? Really? You're desperate? Really? You really look desperate. I mean... Are you even alive? (laughs) Our praise and our word. Listen, the word tells us that God inhabits the praise of his people. So when we come into this place of worship on Sundays, we ought to react. And I talked about this Wednesday night, and I'm going to say it here real fast. Listen to me for a second. The fact of the matter is, a lot of times, pastor will get up here, my dad will get up here, he'll, he'll call on the church to do something, or I'll get up here on a Sunday, and I'll call on the church to do something, and people, some kind of step out, but some are just kind of, eh. And then we wonder why God's not answering some of our prayers. Maybe it's because of disobedience in our life. I'm going to go and hit that for a second. I know that's not popular today, but the fact of the matter is, when a leader asks us, hey, let's step out as a church body. If you're new here today, look, look, I'm not trying to beat everybody up, but listen to me for a second. When you're in the kingdom of God, and you call yourself a, a, a child of God, and we say, hey, let's step out and worship God, church. Well, the church comes and worships, but what you told God is, I'm not the church because I'm not stepping out with them. Come on, that's real talk. Jesus' name, you need to receive that. Be a part of what God is doing. Step out into the uncomfortable and the unknown. The fact of the matter is, we do altar calls and service. We don't do them in every service, but today we're about to do one in just a second. And the reason we do them is because if you need to get somewhere new with God, you have to build an altar before you can ever begin that journey. Come on, that's good right there. That's... You have to build an altar in your life, and that's why we challenge you. Step out. Go into the uncomfortable. Chris, I don't feel anything. If you wait around for feeling, you're never going to get anywhere. God is calling you to a life of faith, not emotion. And when I'm waiting on a feeling, I'm waiting on emotion. And that's when i got to step beyond that. Come on. Next thing is unsettled. I, what, you, well, it's what I said a while ago. Well, church, you, church, y'all get everything together and then I'll show up. <laughs> no. No, listen. You are the church. 
You sitting in your seat, all of you together right now, you are the body of Christ. The Bible actually says that my job in the fivefold ministry is to equip you for the work of the ministry. You are the one that's out and about and around people who are hurting and brokenhearted and lost. And it's your job. It's not my job. It's your job to reach your friends and family around you. God's called you to do it. Well, Chris, that sounds kind of harsh, and it's raining outside, and I'm kind of tired today. It's inconvenient, isn't it? See, when God calls you to step out into his things and the things of him and to step out into, into faith and walk in something new, walk as a new creature. The Bible talks about us being new creatures, then we got to start walking like new creatures. we got to quit being afraid of the boogeyman. we gotta, we got to start have, having some boldness to step out and speak some big proclamations. Like, I've been proclaiming this year that God, God I proclaim it in Jesus' name, God's going to take this church somewhere it's never been in 96 years of its, of its history. That's a big proclamation, and the first time I proclaimed it openly, in the back of my mind, I went, dude, you better shut up. You better put up or shut up. And while putting up, what I mean is, I better get a hold of God. And that's where it starts. Listen to this for a second. So it's unsettled, and it's uncontrollable. And because I can't control it, and I can't steer it, and I have to let God have it, I don't want to do it. I'm telling you right now, if you really want to live for God, it is literally a life of taking, of letting go of the wheel and saying, Gee, that's, that country song means a whole lot more than you realize it does. Jesus, take the wheel. Have y'all seen that meme before? It says, Jesus, take the wheel. And then the next scene is the tire coming off the car, and it says, Not that one, Jesus. Well, you know what? Sometimes it happens. He calls you to something that's, something that's a little bit different. It, it, the wheels might feel like it's coming off sometimes. Maybe it's because he's about to put a new set of, set of tires on there for you, and you're going to go to places you've never been before. And it feels like it's unraveling, and I, I have no control of it. Acts 20 and 22, he says this. He says, and now, everybody say now. Everybody say compelled by the Spirit. These are all, this is a key scripture right here. You ready? I'm going to Jerusalem. And you ready? Next one, say this with me. Not knowing. And now compelled by the Spirit. If you really want to say that you're compelled by the Spirit, the majority of your life is going to be walking and not knowing what in the world's about to happen. I walked into a situation a while back. Oh, Tim, who's our production guy over there, Tim Murphy, he called, he said, Chris, we were down in Houston for a conference. He said, we need to go pray for, pray for somebody that's friends with Melissa, and, and we're going to get down there, and this guy, he's on his deathbed, and, and I'm here to say to David that he, he, he has passed on from this life. But after finding out what I found out, I think he might have passed on to a better one, my friend. And I mean, as we, were, we got there, and we, we, we started sitting there, and, we, and it was kind of a tense situation. It was, you know, stepmom over here, and stepdads, and all one of them deals, you know. And, and this, this boy's laid up here. He's in a coma. And we're, we're, we're in there, and we, we start praying. And we start praying, I start feeling the Holy Spirit move. Now, I was uncomfortable. I'm not one that really walks in so comfortably in those types of situations. My dad will walk in anywhere, and he's just like friends with everybody. Here we go. All right, Dad. And then there's me, I'm like, oh, God, dude, i got to do this. <laughs> and God's like kicking me in the rear and like, go do your job, dude. That's what I called you to do. And I get there, and, and, and we're praying, and I'm really uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, as we start praying, bingo, word prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. The Spirit starts moving in the room, and I start realizing something. Somebody in here got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's how we said it where I was raised. Somebody in here has been baptized in the Spirit, and it ain't just us. 
And everybody left the room, Tim and everybody left the room. It was just me there with the family. And I looked at them and I, I looked across at the, at the mama and I said, I said, which one of y'all has been baptized in the Spirit? She looked around and they all looked at each other and they all started smiling real big. And the, the boy's brother was standing there. He started smiling real big. And they looked back at us and they said, every one of us. You see, walking in the unknown while walking in the presence of God will lead you into situations where you can just know something. And that ain't even really in my gifting wheelhouse. But I sat there and I discerned and I went, somebody, and guess what I ended up finding out? We're all, we, we all were raised in a Pentecostal experience. We were all raised in a, in a spirit. And when I talk about Pentecostal, all I'm really saying is we were, we were all raised in a spirit-filled background Every single one of us come out of the same movement of Jensen Franklin. And if you don't know who Jensen Franklin is, you're missing out. Go look him up, all right? We all come out of that background, all baptized in our spirit. I said, now we're going to pray again. They said, we ain't been to church in a while. I said, all right, we're going to repent. I'll tell you about this. Yeah. And we started praying again. I laid hands on them, and all of a sudden I could hear her under there. And I know I don't want to freak people out. I'm not going to do it, but I could hear her lips. She's like, something other. I'd say, oh, Jesus' name. Okay, this is happening right now. We're just going to have a baptism in the Spirit, a renewing in the Holy Ghost right here in this room. Let's go. This is happening. And that old brother over there, I could tell he's kind of a disbeliever. I watched him as he, when, when, when the Holy Spirit began to move in that room, we could talk about Jesus and we could act religious all day, but when the Holy Spirit moved in that room, I watched that guy get very, very reverent. Why? Because I ain't going to mess with that. And I, I believe that family went home and I, I believe they got a hold of God from what I've heard. A lot of them have been getting a hold of God and, and, and building up some, some things and, and putting God back in their life. What, what are you talking about? Because compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. God is calling you to live in a life of not knowing what's going to happen next, but just simply taking his hand and walking with him. Listen to me for a second. Into the unknown, we know this thing, the, these few things. We know, number one, that God is for us. Everybody say, God is for me. If God is for you, who could be against you? I could go on talking about Elijah all I like, but uh, this week I was, I was out. Was, we, were, we were moving some fences this week, and I've been driving T-posts this week out, out in some, some cattle area where, where, where a family member's moving in some new cows and everything. And I just got one thing to say. For any cowboys in the room right now, hats off to you, fellas. Y'all do some serious work, okay? <laughs> My God. That's some real work. That's some real man work. I, felt, I grew a couple, three hairs on my chest after that. I, was... <laughs> well, I got way more than that. <laughs> Y'all no, see my back these days. No, I'm just kidding. Ew, yuck. <laughs> and I got out there, and I was in the middle of my reading plan, and, and I was listening to the Bible while I was, I was cutting some, some barbed wire down. And, and while I was, I was out there, it's, it's beautiful to be alone in nature in the backside of a pasture somewhere. Because it's just you and Jesus. And I was listening to you and me. We got history. And I, here I am out there just, I'm working and I'm, I'm getting after it. I got tears running down my face because I'm just praying the whole time. If any other man on that place would have seen me at that moment, they'd have been like, something wrong with him. You're fired, right? <laughs> What's all that dude? You need to suck it up, boy. No, anyways. <laughs> but no, it's true. I mean, I'm out here and I'm in the presence of God and, and God's moving on me and my flesh is getting beat up like it needs to. 
And I'm just, in that moment, I'm listening to Elijah, and he's, and he, he's in his moment where he trusts in God, and he makes a big, bold proclamation. He challenges all the prophets of Baal. And let me tell you something. When I heard that, I thought, you know what? There, there's a confidence that, that Elijah walked in. He walked with a little bit more strut than the average man. Because God had done some things in Elijah's life. He had seen God do some amazing things. Let me tell you something. God wants you to walk in that same confidence, in that same get up and go, in that same boldness that Elijah walked in. What ended up happening there was the prophets of Baal ended up cutting themselves open. They bled out. They did everything in the world. They tried to call down fire from heaven, and nothing happened. Baal didn't come. Elijah even got cocky at one point. He's like, hey, y'all, uh, maybe he's asleep. You know, sometimes I look at some of the, 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 our culture and some of the things that's coming out of our culture right now, and I can't help but get kind of cute about it sometimes. Like, really? This is, really? This is where we're, this is where, okay. And that's kind of where Elijah was at that moment. You got to think about the prophets of Baal and Baal worship. That was very humanistic in their mindset, very, uh, a lot of hedonism involved there. And what was going on there, here, here he is, it's very much so like this day. And here he is, he's like, really, y'all, maybe y'all should try this, it'll work. And it didn't work. And he, I can imagine him sitting back out under there under a shade tree in a rocking chair with some iced tea, because I'm from Texas, so that means it was sweet tea. Anyways, but, and he's, and he's enjoying his sweet tea, and he's chilling a little bit, and he's, y'all done? <laughs> and finally they'd done everything and nothing happened, and he, he went a next step. He said, y'all throw some water on it, not once, not twice, but three times drench it in water. And you can imagine those prophets of Baal, well, it'll never burn now. But see, God, but, but see, God had done enough in Elijah's life that Elijah understood something. If God promised him that he was going to do something, you could throw any circumstance at it. Because if God said yes, he knew God's going to do it. And if God told you that he's for you and he's not against you, then he's for you. I can walk in that. God is for you. Romans 8, 31 says, oh, by the way. God sent down fire from heaven and consumed all of it, even consumed all the prophets of Baal, burn it all down. See, the beauty of God is, is that when we trust in him, he'll tear down the strongholds of culture and the strongholds of doubt in people's lives so that lives can be changed. You got to trust him, though. Listen to this, Romans 8, 31. When then shall we say in response to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? What then, sorry, what then? He said, what then shall we say in response to these things? So I'm going to ask you this morning, what do you say if I say if God is for you, who could be against you? What do you say? Do you really believe that? Yes, Chris, I believe it. If you believe it, faith without works is dead. We don't serve a dying God. He's alive and well. And I've already talked about it before. A dying church is not God's church. We're in a living, breathing. Listen to this, Romans 8, 35. starts like this. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We ain't just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me. So go ahead, whine about your circumstances. You can, God don't mind. But know this, circumstances cannot stop him. When we start realizing that, no, no, it may not stop him. No, no, it won't stop him. If you put yourself in him and you believe in him and you believe in his way, that brings me to number two, anything is possible. Everybody say anything is possible. And the third thing is this, and this is huge right here and you need to understand this. Tomorrow's not the time. Next week's not the time. Next year's not the time. Right now is the time. Right now. So take from what God's been doing in your life through the month of January when we're praying and fasting and getting a hold of Jesus. If God's done something in your life in the past month, let me hear you. Where are you at? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that we're starting to get the woo down. There we go. Giga Maggies. But anyway, so... Listen to me for a second. Now is the time. Grab hold of what God has done for me. Put that backpack on because you're going to need it. You're going to need what God has done for you. But don't stay looking at what he did in the past. Let's move forward into the future and what God's going to do. God's going to do it this year, and I believe it. What is he going to do? I don't know. Well, no, Chris, you're the leader. You're supposed to know. I don't. There, there we go. I know I'm preaching about this the whole time, and people are going, well, what's he going to do? I don't know if you caught on. I don't know. But I do know this. It's going to be an increase of some sort, and it's going to take me to a place I've never been before. And I don't know about you. Anybody here, you ever felt like you got sick of people hanging on you? Some of y'all ought to look around you and go, hey, buck up, buddy, because we're headed somewhere. And you ain't holding me back. Look at the person next to you and say, you ain't holding me back. Come on, I'm going, and you're not holding me back. Sometimes you just got to get a little zeal and say, look, you better suck it up, buttercup, and let's move on. Or you can get away from me right now, because me and Jesus are headed somewhere. And you ain't going to hang around my neck like an albatross. And that, that's, where, that's where you actually fought. we strengthen each other. Sometimes you got to slap each other and go, hey, like I said, suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. Let's go. You're going to be all right. But the circumstances, no, I don't care. The word of God went forth today. I'm going to believe in that. Listen, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If this, uh, this is what the ancients were commended for. I don't know about y'all. That, that's in Hebrews 11, 1 through 2. Who here wants to be like the great people in Scripture? Anybody here? I want to go down. I want to go down. When I get to heaven, I want God to look at me and go, hey, I know who you are. Well done, dude. I, I saw what you did. I'm down with I remembered you. I, I want to get to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to get to heaven. I want Paul to walk by and go, hey, dude, you Chris? Yeah. Right on, brother. You go, what? <laughs> what? I want Peter to walk by and be and go, who got, who got, who got, who got, who got crucified upside down because he said he wasn't worthy enough to die in the way that his Savior died. I want him to walk by me and go, hey, brother, well done, my friend. We made it. We pulled a lot with us, didn't we? 
He'll be, blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, what did he say? Can you translate that for me? Because he don't speak English. I don't know. Maybe we'll all speak the same language. We will. But listen to me for a second. I want to be known when I get there. I want to be like these people. So what is, this is what made the ancients. This is what the ancients were commended for. What were they commended for? Here you go. And I'm getting ready to close this morning. By faith. Everybody say faith. We understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, nothing existed. There was darkness. There was absolutely nothing. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't tweak something. He, he just spoke. And he said, let there be. And boom, it happened. Do you believe that? All right. Hebrews 11, 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. In other words, Faith without works is dead. So in other words, without action in faith, it is impossible to please God. That's pretty simple. He says, it is, it is, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, anyone, everybody say anyone. I don't know, are you anyone? Come on, is that you? I want you to shout me. That's you. Listen to me. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly, one pastor, or one, one translation says, who diligently seeks him. Do you believe that this morning? Let me hear you. Come on, a yes or a where are you at? Where are we at? Do you believe it? All right, here we go. And without faith, or sorry, in, in Hebrews 11 and 7, moving on, by faith, everybody say by what? Bingo. Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, he never seen rain before. God said, go build an ark. I'm telling you this morning, let, let me speak out. You don't have to trust me. You can trust this word. You may look at me and go, well, you're no man of God. Well, you know what? The word of God is being preached. You can trust that. If you have a relationship with Jesus, trust what I'm telling you because I'm telling you the word. This, these are the keys to moving into a new life that you've never lived in. I ask you, are you really happy with your life? Are you really happy where you are with Christ Jesus? By faith, Noah, when warned about the things that were not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Only eight of them in the entire world were living for God. And God, the dimes are bad. Look at our culture. You know, maybe if we fell on our faces like it told us in Chronicles, and we humbled ourselves before God, and we repented, that's us, the church. Those who are called by his name. He said, I'll heal your land. Maybe it's not culture's fault. Maybe it's our fault. And I'm not being mean this morning. I'm trying to persuade you. Step beyond what is comfortable. What did he do? By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of, right, of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. He stepped out in faith. He had no clue what was happening. God said, build an ark. It's going to rain. When's it going to rain? Just build an ark. Shut up and build the ark. And this morning, I wonder if God's looking at some of us and saying, look, quit, quit asking questions that you, you don't know the answer to. Quit asking about things that you don't even understand. Just trust me. Do you really trust him? That means that trust and faith are hand in hand. These are, these are the same things. And if I really have faith in him, that means I have to make a step. What will you do this year? In the next couple of weeks, Morton Bustard's going to be here. What do you need from God? What, but we don't have to wait on him. This morning, God is right here. Do you believe that? 
And the last one, Abraham, Hebrews 11, 8 through 10, NIV. Before I read that, I'm going to leave you with these things. What did these people do? They left the familiar. Everybody say, leave the familiar. And the last thing is they discovered their destiny. But here's the thing. If they weren't careful, they could have missed it. This morning, do you want to miss what God is wanting to do in your life? If you don't, stand up with me right now. I'm going to read this last passage to you. And this is a powerful passage. And I wonder when I'm done with this, is our altar team, I want you guys to come on down. Come on, get set. When I'm done reading this passage of Scripture, and I ask you if you believe it, what if your response wasn't just lip service to God, but it was a step to build an altar this morning to say, God, I want, to, I, I want the old man to be slain at this altar today, and I want to step forward as the new person that you have made me in your presence. What would happen in this place this morning? Do you believe God could do something great here? Do you believe God that could, could heal, heal someone in this room right now? Do you believe God could mend broken marriages right now? Do you believe that God can save souls in this room today? Come on. So what say you today in action, not in lip service, in action? If I said by faith, Abraham, would call to, uh, call to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He stepped out and just said, God, order my footsteps. That's all he did. He said, God, just order my footsteps. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just walking. God, order me. Lead me. Guide me. He goes on. He says, by faith, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Let me tell you something. When you start walking in faith, God's going to call you into some foreign situations. But in those foreign situations, just like that hospital room in Houston, Texas, a couple of months ago, in that foreign situation, his presence began to move. And God began to move in some lives right there in that room. It wasn't, why? Because you just, you just went where God sent you. And my hat's off to those men of God that went they called me and said, let's go up there and pray. It was them that wanted to go pray. Listen to me for a second. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the, found, uh, uh, of the same promise. Now, you ready for this? Here's where the key is. Right here. I've given you a couple of keys today, but this one, here's your big, this is the one that unlocks it right here. He says, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. When I have a heaven focus, I can walk into any situation and trust that God will do what he said that he will do. Focus on what his truth says, not the circumstances. So this morning, I ask one last time, what say you to the word that has been preached today? Will you step out this morning in faith, believing that God will meet you in this altar?
Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To find out more about River City, find us at myrivercity.church or at River City Waco on social media.